you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. she has walked through some very, very dark days over the last year, and you have been faithful, and you have walked with her. The cards, the texts, the visits, the dinners, all the nice things, and particularly all of the prayers is exactly what the Lord has used to get us through this very difficult time. Not just in the last year, but This past week, we celebrated 31 years of marriage, and through 31 years of marriage, I've learned a little bit about this lady and her consistency and her faithfulness. And what you don't see publicly is the private life of quietly serving the Lord. For many, many years, I have watched her as she has read, as she has written, Yesterday, as we were driving, she looked at me and said, I feel like I have something to say. Is it weird and strange of me to feel like that I need to put it into a book? Several times over the last year, she has started a book and stopped and started and stopped. I told her yesterday, you've got a lot to say, and I would love to read what you have to say in a book. We're blessed. We're blessed above measure. If I was to begin to tell you the number of times that I've walked upstairs to my room and opened the door and found her quietly kneeling by the bed, always with a Bible and a journal open, or the nights that she has sat with the light on, her Bible open, her notepad in hand as she is reading times that she has prayed, times she's called me to prayer, and all the many times she's inspired me with a fresh word from the Lord, and I've been able to walk to this pulpit and preach the thought that she might have inspired in me. And I know I'm not alone in that because she's inspired many of you at some of the most troubling times of your life. I tell everybody she's smarter than me, she can cook better than me, and she's a lot better parent than I am. She's been a great wife to me for 31 years, and I'm so blessed this morning. After about two years of her not being in the pulpit, it's my honor to welcome our first lady, my wife, to come to this pulpit and open her heart. We love you. Speak to us today. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. 
One more time. Now praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all of our ladies that are mothers. I am of the opinion that CLC has some of the most incredible mothers who are mother to some of my most favorite kids on the planet. <laughs> I do want to give honor, of course, to my mom and wish her a happy Mother's Day and to so many of you. It's good to see Donnie and Sandra here with Sister Anderson for Mother's Day. We're glad that you're here. So I had planned to say that this was my first Mother's Day with one of my girls, with Kayla, and in walked Caitlin. And so I have two of my girls here for Mother's Day. I am so happy, thrilled that they're here. Now I had sent my son a text on Friday and I kept waiting for his response and I thought, well, they have youth on Friday night and he teaches Bible studies on Saturday and he might have gotten really busy and this morning I, I didn't see a text message from Spencer and I thought, man, he must really be busy. Well, if anybody knows anything about Spencer, Spencer cannot tell a lie. And so I'm guessing that the reason that he did not text because he was going to be afraid that he was telling me that he was surprising me for Mother's Day. But my heart is just absolutely full to have both Spencer and Caitlin and Dylan and Kayla and Isaiah. <laughs> so the only one that I'm missing, of course, this morning is Gentry and Destiny. And so I need somebody in the congregation to volunteer to be Gentry this morning. Do I have any takers? Okay, my dad is going to be Gentry. I expect to hear you then. And I need someone that's going to be Destiny that's going, any, any takers. Paula's going to be Destiny. I need you on your feet. I need you shouting amen. I need that support. But anyway, I do want to wish all of you a very happy Mother's Day. And for those of you that are blessed to have your moms um, with you, you need to celebrate them today. Yesterday we were driving home from a wedding in St. Louis and my husband mentioned that it has been 23 years since his mother passed away and 23 years that he has not been able to celebrate Mother's Day with her. And I know that there are several of you that are missing your moms today and I want you to know that we honor them and we have not forgotten them. And so on uh, just on that note, we want to think about them today, of course, on this beautiful Mother's Day. And some of you have not had children of your own, but you have been a spiritual mother to many. And I want to thank you for that because that means so much to so many who depend on you. Amen. And then for those of you who have not had children yet, but someday are hoping to have children, just let me say, we are waiting patiently for those kids to come. <laughs> uh, mothers are definitely sent from God because, you know, I mean, we celebrate dads on Father's Day, but there's just something about a mom that just always seems to have all of the right answers. There was a curious little girl that went to her mom and said, Mommy, where did humans come from? And the mom said, well, Honey, it is an amazing story 
We were the best of God's creation. He created Adam and Eve, and it was the only part of his creation that he looked at and said it was very good. And then Adam and Eve had babies, and then they had babies, and that's where all humans came from. Isn't that amazing? Well, it seemed to suffice the little girl's curiosity, but a, a couple days passed, and she was still a little curious, and so she went to her dad, and she asked the same question. Daddy, where did humans come from? And he said, oh, baby, that's easy. Millions of years ago, the earth was full of apes, and all humans came from apes. Well, the little girl looked, and she was so confused, and she walked away, and she went back to her mom, and she said, Mommy, I am, I'm really confused, because when I asked you where humans came from, you said that God created all humans. But then when I asked Daddy where they came from, he said that, that humans came from apes. Which one is it? She said, oh, honey, I can explain that easy. When I told you that God created all humans, I was talking about my side of the family. Daddy was telling you where his family came from. <laughs> Moms have all the answers. But it's Mother's Day today, and I do plan to speak to all mothers, and maybe not the most traditional uh, Mother's Day message, because I do intend to speak to everyone in this congregation. We are definitely living in unprecedented times, times like we've never seen before. And unfortunately, there's not necessarily a roadmap for that unless you turn to the Word of God and understand that we are certainly living in the last days. But to be able to navigate these times, there's one thing that we have to have, and that is a made-up mind that we are going to make it. I want to turn your attentions to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, beginning in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Somebody say, I need to be renewed in my mind today. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Today I'm going to be speaking to you on this subject, the power of a made-up mind. The power of a made-up mind. Would you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord, and ask him to have his way in this service today. God, we give you all praise. We give you all glory. You are the one true and living God. We thank you, God, that we know that you have met us in this place, that your presence is here. I ask you today to have your way, God, to speak through me, God. Lord, to deliver the words and the message that you have laid on my heart. Bless all that are in this place, God. Open our hearts and minds to receive from you that your word would not go out void. And we're going to give you praise in advance for what you're getting ready to do. In the name of Jesus, we praise you for it. Why don't you give the Lord a shout of praise as you're seated. How many of you know that all power belongs to the Lord? All power belongs to him. The scripture is full 
of uh, various scriptures that support this. Psalm 62 tells us that power belongs to God. Everything that was created was created by the spoken word of God. Colossians 1 and 16 says that by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and in invisible, whether they be thrones, uh, sorry, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. The prophet Jeremiah told us, Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing that is too hard for thee. How many of you are thankful that there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord? The psalmist David declared, In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. All creation was made to worship him. David also said, all the earth worships you and sings your praises. They sing praises unto your name. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiworks. Mountains proclaim his majesty, and seas sing praises unto his name. But out of all of God's creation, we see a shift in his creative power. In Genesis, the first chapter, when he created Adam and Eve. You see, he gave to man uh, the power to have dominion over the earth, to subdue it and to conquer it. Everything that God created, he created to worship him. But man and women were given the choice of whether or not that they would worship God. In Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, we read where God was speaking to the children of Israel about their choice that they had to worship him. And he said, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. I command you to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments. Why? Because thou mayest live and multiply if you do these things. But then he said, if your heart turns away, and if you will not hear and be drawn away from me, ye shall surely perish. You and I were created with a free will to follow after God or to go our own direction. I don't know about you, but it's my heart's desire to follow after the Lord because every time I go my own way, I make a mess of it. Every day that we wake up, we should, before we ever even lift our head off the pillow, determine in our minds that today I'm going to live for the Lord. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws me. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We have to have a made-up mind that we're going to live for him no matter what happens. Are there anybody in here that has a made-up mind that they're going to serve the Lord? The most powerful force on earth is a woman or a man with a made-up mind. Now, my 
family and my parents could attest to the fact that I might be a little bit stubborn. And when I set my mind to do something, most likely I'm going to do it. Even if something goes wrong, I'm, I'm going to do my best to make it happen. But the most powerful force on earth is a man and a woman that has a made-up mind. I'm not talking about somebody who has a plan B in the back of their head or has scouted every possible exit route on their journey. But I'm talking about someone who has resolved in their mind that there is only one option and no alternatives will do. A person with a made-up mind will defy all the odds. Their motto for living is quitting is not an option. A person with a made-up mind will face any adversity no matter how large the giant may be. They will rise above any label that has been placed on them. A person with a made-up mind will pick themselves up if they fall, and they'll dust themselves off, and they'll try again because they have a made-up mind. They won't be detoured by naysayers or people that say that you can't or you won't or you're not able. And the thing about a person with a made-up mind is the thing that was meant to destroy them will only make them better and will only make them stronger. When you have a made-up mind, there's power in a made-up mind. Your mind is powerful. Proverbs 23 and 7 says that for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Think yourself a victim, you will be a victim. Think yourself an addict, you will be an addict. Think yourself bound, you will be slave to the things that have you bound. Think yourself powerless, guess what? You will be powerless. Think yourself a failure, and you're going to fail every time. But think yourself an overcomer, and you will be an overcomer. Think yourself a victor, and you will be victorious. Think yourself powerful, and you will be mighty. The Apostle Paul stood before King Agrippa, knowing that death was facing him, and he said these words, I think myself happy. The outcome of our life depends on our mindset. Someone needs to be transformed today by the renewing of your mind and leave this place with a made-up mind that no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to make it. I'm going to serve the Lord. Nothing is going to turn me aside, but I've made up my mind I'm going to live for him. Why don't you shout to the Lord? Everything that we do, every choice that we make starts with a thought. There is a thought process that has already been going over in someone's mind before they act on, on that thought. I recently listened to a podcast about a father and son duo, Dick and Ricky Hoyt. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, they are best known as Team Hoyt running the Boston Marathon 32 times, the last one when the father was 74 years old. Any 74-year-olds that want to run the Boston Marathon? 
They completed six Ironman triathlons, being inducted into the Ironman Hall of Fame. All in all, they participated in 257 triathlons and 72 marathons and 97 half marathons. To hear their accomplishments, one would think that these two were a powerful athletic team. The father, Dick Hoyt, was a veteran of the Army National Guard and a retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force National Guard. So one would think that athleticism came naturally to him. But his son, Ricky Hoyt, was born with a severe form of cerebral palsy, leaving him unable to speak and only able to move his head and his knees voluntarily. Dick Hoyt and his wife were told by doctors that they should institutionalize their son, and they told them the dreaded news that he would be nothing more than in a vegetative state the rest of his life. But the parents held on to the fact that their, their son's eyes would follow them everywhere that they went in the room, and that he would even lock eyes with them, giving them hope that one day that he would be able to communicate with him. And they were right. At the age of 11, Ricky was fitted with a computer that enabled him to communicate by using his forehead and typing out messages to his family. It allowed him to attend public school, and eventually Ricky graduated from Boston U uh, University, get this, with a degree in special education. At the age of 15, Ricky asked his father to help him participate in a benefit run for a student that had recently become paralyzed. Dick Hoyt was not a runner, but at the age of 36, he began to train to fulfill his son's wishes. And every day he would get up and he would put bags of cement in his son's wheelchair and run pushing that wheelchair to condition himself. The story goes that as they crossed that first finish line, Ricky, who had up to that point only been able to move his head and his knees voluntarily, was able to lift his hand, in essence, to say, we did it. In the races that followed, Dick Hoyt ran hundreds of miles pushing his son in a wheelchair. He biked over 3,000 miles with his son perched on the front of a specially designed tandem bike. He swam untold miles with a rope tied around his body as he pulled his son in a boat behind him. He never left his son behind. In an interview with Stride Nation, when asked about his motivation, Mr. Hoyt said, I got a motivator, and that's my son. We've never had the thoughts or any idea of giving up and quitting any race that we've ever been involved in. Their motto, never give up. When interviewed by Brian Buffini, Dick Hoyt was asked, how do you do all of this? To which he responded, well, I just made up my mind. The interviewer said, well, I understand, but I'm looking for some introspective here. Uh, you told me that you didn't know how to swim, 
Yet now you swim at least two and a half miles with your son in a boat tied around your waist. How did you learn to swim? To which he replied, I just made up my mind. After an hour interview, the only answer to the questions that were asked of him was simply, I just made up my mind. They never broke any records for distance or time, but they set the standard for determination, perseverance, and a made-up mind mentality. Somebody in this place needs to get an I just made up my mind mentality. There's someone in here who believes that they can't and that they're at a disadvantage, that the cards are stacked against them, that things will always be the way that they are today, and that they might as well go ahead and give up because the battle is too hard. But I've come today to tell you, you can. It is possible. There is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. It doesn't matter what enemy stands against you. I want to remind you that the Lord is on your side and you can make it. Because if the Lord is for you, who can be against you? There is not an enemy that is strong enough to, to stop you. And how do I know that? Because I know that the Lord is on our side. The battle is not too great. The battle belongs to the Lord anyway. It doesn't even belong to us. We can make it. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't sit down. Keep trying. Keep fighting. Make up your mind. Come what may. I have a made-up mind. I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Last June, I sat in my oncologist's office and listened to my doctor give me the pathology report. I listened to him give me the plain, harsh facts about the nature of the cancer that I had been diagnosed with. He delivered to us the textbook method of treatment and told us how that it was going to affect my body and my appearance. He stated that day that the goal was to reach cancer-free and to remain there for a five-year span without reoccurrence before he would give me my odds of survival. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that it was surreal and it was very overwhelming. My mind reeled sitting in that office of all of the questions of what if and what is going to happen. After a very cut and dry delivery of the facts, my oncologist slid to the edge of his chair and he looked me straight in the eye and he said these words, I want you to understand one thing, healing has everything to do with your mindset. Healing has everything to do with your mindset. He said, think yourself sick and you will be sick. Think yourself weak and you will be weak because your body will follow where your mind leads. What a powerful thought. I'm telling you today that your body will follow where your mind is, but so will your future, and so will your outcome, and so will your children. 
and so will your families. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Years ago, Brother Mooney shared a story with my husband and I about a woman in his church who had struggled for quite some time with physical illness. And while the illness was real, she had adopted a mindset of infirmity, the spirit of infirmity. She stayed locked up in her house with the lights off and the curtains drawn, everyone speaking in funeral home tones, and the atmosphere in their home reeked of infirmity. On one particular day, Brother Mooney was asked to come over to her house and to pray. But he determined on that day that it was going to be different. Brother Mooney tells the story how that in only Brother Mooney fashion, that he walked in the door and yelled out, praise the Lord. And it startled everybody in the house. And he said that he threw that door open and said, let's get some fresh air in here. And he walked over and he pulled the curtains back and said, it's a beautiful day. Let's let some sunshine in here. The spirit of infirmity, he announced, has to go. I stand here today to tell you that healing has everything to do with your mindset. I'm not just talking about physical healing, but I'm talking about spiritual healing has everything to do with your mindset. Emotional healing has everything to do with your mindset. Mental healing has everything to do with your mindset. The healing of relationships has everything to do with your mindset. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The degree of healing that you experience has everything to do with your mindset and with your conversation. Remember that the word said that the power of life and death is in the tongue, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If your mind is right and the thought process in, is right, then you will speak life instead of speaking death. The degree to which you experience healing has everything to do with mindset. The degree to which your marriage uh, is able to heal depends on your mindset and your conversation. The degree to which you overcome depends on your mindset. The degree to which your circumstances will change depends on your mindset. You can't stay in your situation and expect things to change. I'm going to say it one more time because Brother Duggar's not here for me to say it, say, say it again. But the, the, uh, you're, you can't stay in your situation and expect uh, things to change. You have to have a made-up mind that you're going to leave that situation, that you're going to disassociate, that you're going to chart a new course, that you're going to take the steps necessary because it all begins with a mindset. I didn't ask Danny if I could share this story, but I hope that it's okay. And after church, if it's not, just say you shouldn't have talked about me. But Kristen shared with us, Kristen uh, Wirtz has been teaching her a Bible study. And she said that one day she came in and she said, well, if I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not telling it word for word. But she said, well, I shut down all of my social media accounts. And Kristen was like, well, what do you mean you shut down all of your social media accounts? She said, 
and I'm paraphrasing again. She said, in essence, when I looked at all the people that I, can, I was connected with, I recognized the fact that every one of them that I was connected with were uh, connected to my old lifestyle. And I realized that if I was going to change, I had to disassociate. And I had to get a new mindset. Some of us need to make up our minds that we're going to disassociate from some things. We're going to set some things aside. We're not going to let anything take us to the left or to the right. But we're going to dig our heels in, point our toes. We're going to make it because we have a made-up mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hardest battle that you will ever fight will be the battle against yourself. And that battle is only going to rage in one place, and that is in between your ears. It's the battle of your mind. I can tell you from experience that it's easy for me to fight the battle during the daytime. I know how to busy myself. I can quickly bring my thoughts into captivity. I know that when the battle is raging in my mind that I can turn on worship music and I can pull out the word or I can call somebody who I know is going to have a word of encouragement for me. But the battle takes on a whole new dimension in the night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those dreaded night hours when you're left alone in the silence of the night with your thoughts. When fear grips your heart in the darkness, when the enemy is there to whisper doubts and the what-ifs. There is a battle for the mindset of every child of God. You see, the enemy fears a child of God with a made-up mind. He doesn't fear someone who comes to church on occasion but doesn't have a made-up mind, and they don't live a made-up mind mentality Monday through Saturday. But the enemy fears a child of God who has made up their mind. All throughout the scripture, you'll find where uh, revival comes to a church that has a made-up mind. You find where healing and restoration came to those who made up their mind that they were going to cry out to him, that they were going to touch him. You see where Job said, though he slays me, yet will I trust him. That is a made-up mind. You find where a son returned to his father's house because a father made up his mind to expect his son walking up on the horizon. You find where prison doors were opened for two men who had made up their minds to sing praise in their midnight hour. I don't believe that any of these just happened to make up the, their minds in the middle of their situation. But I believe that they made up their mind before calamity hit and before persecution came and before diagnosis were giving. Your made-up mindset will determine your destiny, and it will determine the destiny of your children. Someone needs to claim a made-up mind today. You can make it. You can do it. You can set the course, and you can stick with it. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? We need to get a made-up mind today that we're going to make it come what may.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage someone today as the music comes and as you stand with me that you may realize that the battle is raging and your mind may be cluttered with fear of the unknown. But let me remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a what? A sound mind. When fear grips your heart, rebuke it. It is not of God. It is a trap of the enemy. To the mother who is consumed today with worry over your family because they're not sitting on the pew next to you and you can't seem to find peace in that situation. The prophet Isaiah said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. To the one who has a word from the Lord, but you haven't seen it come to pass. And the enemy has whispered doubts in your mind that it's never going to happen. I want to remind you that Paul wrote, for the promises of God in him are yea, and in him are amen. If God spoke it, it will come to pass. When God gives you a promise or gives you a word of what is on the horizon, the enemy is not going to allow it to come to pass without a fight. And that fight is going to happen in your mind. Last June, as we received the diagnosis, and my husband put me on a plane to head home to hear the report from the doctor, I remember sitting in the plane that day, and I was next to the window, and my mind was reeling. I tried my best to busy my mind. I had a book. I had my computer and all of these things. And instead of being able to focus, I found myself just staring out the window at what appeared to be nothing, just staring into the horizon. And I found myself just asking the Lord, God, where are you in this? And what is your plan? What, what is the purpose behind what I am getting ready to face? And as I sat there, something out on the horizon got my attention. And I, I looked and I saw what appeared to be a large body of water. And I kind of looked and I thought, well, my goodness, where in the world did they fly us to? I thought that we were flying over the Midwest and I don't, I don't know of any large body of water in the Midwest. And I, I kept staring out the window trying to figure out what it was that I was seeing. Finally, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I am showing you a glimpse of what is on the horizon. I'm giving you a promise that there is something that is out there, that I have a plan and I have a purpose, but you've got to make up your mind that you're going to submit to that plan and you're going to follow that plan. And I sat there that day staring out the window trying to keep that that whatever it was that was on the horizon in my sights and the plane began to descend and as the earth got closer so did all of the things that were obscuring my vision of what God had shown me on that horizon until finally we landed and all I could see was the buildings and the trees and the runway but there was something that was different because I knew in my mind that God had told me there's something on that horizon. 
if you'll just make up your mind that you're going to follow after my plan. And there have been many days that I've had to remind myself that God has given me a promise. There have been days when I have been sick and when I have been weak, multiple weeks, seven weeks I think it was, that I wasn't able to be in the house of the Lord while everybody else was gathering. And I sat on my couch trying to engage on online service and I was so thankful for it. But my heart was heavy and my heart hurt because there's nothing more important to me than being on that front row with my hands lifted and giving God praise. I had to remind myself over and over again that God had promised me that there was something on the horizon, that he was going to see me through the situation that I was walking through. I haven't been able to see that yet. I haven't seen the fulfillment of, of that yet. But I can tell you along the way, God has just nudged me every once in a while. Keep a made-up mind. Keep the, keep the course. I've got this. You're going to make it. There is something that is on the horizon. Maybe you're in this place and you have felt like giving up. Maybe you're in this place and you've said, well, I thought that God promised me, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm here to tell you that if you will make up your mind to follow after God and to follow after his plan, whatever he has promised you, it will come to pass. The next time I hope that I stand in this pulpit will be the day not that I announced to you, well, the doctors gave me a bad report, but I believe that I'm going to stand in this pulpit one day and say, God brought to pass what he promised on the horizon, and I am cancer-free. That's going to be my conversation. That's my made-up mind. Someone in this place may need to step into the aisle, come to the front and say, God, I've wondered, I've had fear, I've been worried, I haven't had peace, but I want you to know that if you will make up your mind today, that no matter what happens, that you're going to follow God, I promise you, he'll walk with you, he'll be with you, he will bring you through, he'll give you strength when you're weak. He'll lift your head when you can't lift your head. The Lord will be with you. If today you want to come forward and just say to the Lord, whatever that you have for me, my mind is made up that I'm going to live for you. I'm going to walk after you.
I received a call late last night. Someone so concerned about a loved one, asking for help, asking for intervention, asking for a word of wisdom, asking for direction. And I said to them what I want to say to this room this morning. I can wish for someone else all that I want to wish. And it'll never amount to anything. But the moment that someone who is in the battle, in the struggle, reaches a point in which they say, they make up their mind. See, I can't make up your mind. And you can't make up my mind. But the moment that they make up their mind, I want a change in my life. I'm desperate for a change. That is the pivotal moment to where a miracle of change can truly happen. Jesus even talked about it in the Gospels. He talked about those who may come and enjoy the presence of God and feel like, hey, I, I was at church. But I walk out and I go right back to my old life. Jesus put it in an analogy like this. He said, you can't take new wine and put it in old wineskins. You can't take what God is wanting to do in your life and put it into an old lifestyle that's going to go right back and try to live the same way you were living. But if you're here this morning and you want true change in your life, you've got to allow there to be a change not only just in a little touch from the Lord, but a made-up mind that says everything about me is going to change. I need a new... I need a new walk. I need a new direction. I need everything in my life to change. If that's you this morning, if you've made up your mind, my wife has already spoken it so eloquently today. But if you're in this room today and you're desperate for change in your life, just showing up to the house of the Lord is not enough. It's a good first step, but you need Jesus in your life. If you would make up your mind right now, I'm not going to walk out this door with the same mentality that I walked in. But I want what I felt and what I've sensed in this room today to come and abide in me. I need a change in my life. If that's you this morning, God can turn your life around. God can deliver you. God can set you free. All over the room, lift your hands in the air right now. All by the power and authority of the Word of God, I speak hope and help and healing and faith in every life. I speak change in every life. God, give us the courage to make a decision today to turn around. Lord, you make everything new. Somebody in this room ought to respond to the Lord right now. I hear the voice of God calling somebody out of a life of sin, out of a life of despair. He's calling you to a place of hope, calling you to a place of help. He wants to put his new wine into a new wineskin today. He'll make everything new in your life. He'll make everything fresh in your life. Oh, come on, seek the Lord for a few moments today. Seek the Lord for a few moments.